For Pacifica Radio, I'm Christina Onestead. Greek voters overwhelmingly said no to proposed austerity measures Sunday. International lending agencies, including the IMF International Monetary Fund, proposed the austerity in exchange for further loan assistance to help the country's faltering economy. But the five-month-old Syriza party put the measure before voters and asked them to reject it, which they did by 61 percent. Greece's Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras called it a victory for democracy. There are no winners and losers. It is a great victory on its own. Today, all of us have created a glorious page in European history. We have proven that even under the most difficult situation, democracy cannot be blackmailed. Despite the populist vote, Greece's outspoken finance minister resigned today. The self-described Marxists who accused Greece's creditors of terrorism cited preference by some Eurogroup participants that he not be present during negotiations, and he cited the prime minister's support of that. Meanwhile, European Union Commission Vice President Vladis Dromvoskis confirmed the EU's commitment to Greece as a member country. We respect the democratic choice of the Greek people. The no result, unfortunately, widens the gap between Greece and other Eurozone countries. There is no easy way out of this crisis. Too much time and too many opportunities have been lost. The Commission is ready to continue its work with Greece. But to be clear, the Commission cannot negotiate a new program without a mandate from a Eurogroup. But one thing is clear. The place of Greece is and remains in Europe. Negotiations over how much money and on what terms Greece receives the bailout from its creditors continues today. An IMF report says Greece's public finances would not be sustainable without debt relief to the tune of at least 50 billion euros over the next three years. Reuters reports European members of the IMF tried to delay the release of the report but were unable to do so. South Carolina lawmakers are debating legislation to remove the Confederate flag from grounds of the state capitol in Columbia today. Republican State Senator Larry Martin is one of several lawmakers who want the flag taken down. It is part of our history. It needs to be respected in whatever way or honored in whatever way folks choose to do. But as far as this state, on this state house grounds, it isn't part of our future. It's part of our past. And I think we need to leave it at that. The debate comes after numerous elected officials called for the flag's removal after a racist allegedly massacred nine African-American members in a church in Charleston. The shooting took the life of the church's pastor, Reverend Clementa Pickney, who is also a state senator. The flag is widely viewed as a symbol of slavery. Photos of the white man charged in the shooting showed him posing with it on a website that also carried a racist manifesto. It takes two-thirds of the state legislature to remove the flag from state grounds. Negotiations over Iran's nuclear program continue between Tehran and six world powers today. Reuters reports a dispute over the U.N. sanctions on Iran's ballistic missile program is among the issues holding up a deal. Separately, a senior Iranian official told reporters on a condition of anonymity that Tehran wanted a U.N. arms embargo terminated as well. U.S. Secretary of State and other world leaders are in Vienna today to resume those negotiations.
At least 37 Islamic State fighters were killed and scores injured over the weekend from airstrikes by the U.S.-led coalition and in clashes with Kurdish militia in northeastern Syria, this according to the British-based Observatory for Human Rights. Defense Secretary Ashton Carter spoke at a news conference at the Pentagon today with French Defense Minister Jean-Yves Le Drian. He praised France's support in their efforts against ISIL in Syria. I commend Minister Le Drian and France's commitment to the fight to deliver a lasting defeat to ISIL, a campaign that we agreed requires a sustained and long-term effort. Earlier this year, France deployed its aircraft carrier, Charles de Gaulle, to the Gulf to support counter-ISIL strikes, integrating seamlessly with U.S. forces. The French Air Force, being the first to join us in striking ISIL targets in Iraq, continues to play a critical role there. President Barack Obama also visited the Pentagon to discuss a military campaign against Islamic State. The president has said he will not send U.S. troops into combat to fight ISIS or in Iraq or Syria. But the administration says its efforts to train Syrian rebels are lacking. Fewer than 100 rebels are being trained by the U.S. That's far less than the goal of producing 5,400 fighters a year. I'm Christina Onestead. You're listening to Sojourner Truth on Pacifica Radio.